<clears throat> you know, because because um, you guys came back from work today, that's why you feel um, tired. But from tomorrow, you guys are not not working, right? So it will be better. Um, Deuteronomy. The the Deuteronomy is is different tr translation from from the original Hebrew word. And Korean translation is a word from a commandment from God, but Deuteronomy is like second iteration of of God's law, something like that. But Korean translation is um. Yeah, the meaning of Deuteronomy is uh, um, re-mentioning or re-iterating, something like that. But this is this came from the Septuagint, and usually Hebrew books they make the first word of the book as its title, and it says in Hebrew it's the word of God, and and he says. And the commandment is the most important word in Deuteronomy. And if we listen to this sermon of Deuteronomy well, then all our issues of um, unbelief and rebellion will disappear, and we will be able to listen to his law and commandment without any um, hindrance. And we should be able to feel and sense his commandment and accept it as, as a great love. And if you are um, considering and listening to God's, in that way, the Deuteronomy is important. Not only myself. And why is this commandment? Because it's life. In chapter 4, we heard this. We are not living by the bread, but we live by the word of God. And this uh, must come to you as life. We are the ones who live by the word. The only thing that we need is, is God's word. So in today's, today's um, text, um, God is keep commanding the Israelites to be soaked with the word. And who are the Israelites? To be, to be filled with the word, to be soaked in the word. And there's nothing, no other reason to accept other thoughts and receive other thoughts. Why? Because we are Israelites and because we are the beings of new covenants and our, our life is um, laid upon our spirit. And so and we have been recreated as a new creation. And from chapter 1 to 4, it tells the reason why Israelites wander in the wilderness. And Deuteronomy can be, can be divided into three, three parts. Uh, Moses um, speaking his last sermon and explaining how Israelites went through all this procedure of wilderness. 
And from chapter 6 um, comes the second part of his sermon, and, from, and later on appears his last sermon. And uh, from chapter 5, from chapter 5 to 22, chapter 22, it only describes the law. And it's a boring part, right? And how I should handle this, this law part in the Deuteronomy will determine how long I will, um, I will take care of this, this Deuteronomy. Or, and the law is about this. The core message of the law that is given by God is that God wants to emphasize His, his rule. And if Israelites acknowledges His rule, then there will be no problem for them to live according to His commandments. But if not, if not, the law and the commandments will, be, will all be like a nonsense to them. And all the laws, they come up to this one point that is life. And it is written by Moses. But if the, if the people in the world sees this, um, they, will, they will say like, oh, what kind of law is this? But to the Israelites who consider God's commandment as, as life, it is natural for them. And they do not um, calculate any, any possibilities of that. Only thing that they need to do is to acknowledge His rule. And another part of the law is telling them that you are the separate people so that do not be influenced by the world. It's like when you wear a clothes, when you wear a garment, um, um, attach a bell on your, on, your, on, your, on your pants so that you will be differentiated from the world. How, how boring is that? How weird is that? Right? But why did God command them to do like that? Because they want, God wants them to be separated from the world. He wants to differentiate them. And in our days, we, if we, when we see the, the traditional clothes of the Jews, it's boring, it's all black and they wear these weird hats, right? But the core message, um, the core parts of the law is, is separating them from the world. So, um, until chapter 4, it describes the reason why they, are, they wandered in the wilderness. And from chapter 5 begins the part of God telling them, describing them about God's law. And when God says His law, it means all, it contains all the other messages or other, everything that it has been spoken by God. But especially during, in Torah, um, it, it describes the, the Ten Commandments itself. It's, it emphasizes the Ten Commandments. And especially today, who is God? Who? What kind of God is God? And in chapter 7 appears the result of obedience and disobedience. And the law and commandments keep repeating itself 
in Deuteronomy, but the reason why it is so important is that Moses is keep telling the Israelites that God told the first generation about this, and God will tell the next generation about this too, and He will also tell this to the later generation too. And He's saying that um, He's telling the Israelites that God has said this, commanded this to your ancestor, and He is telling this to you right now, and He will tell this also to the later generation who will come after. What does this mean? This means that this should not become boring. This should not become lame. And we should not consider this uh, lightly. Why? Because God is keep continuously emphasizing this to all the generation that is, that is existing right now and upcoming, coming up. And if, if it was not important, um, God would have not been, um, He did not have any reason to emphasize this over and over again. So, in, in all the sermon that I preach, I always tell you, uh, do not live by your self-centeredness or your selfishness. But if you are keep ignoring this and you are keep um, insisting to live according to your own thoughts, that's the reason why you cannot um, see this. We are keep living by ourselves, right? That's the reason why our life ends up in this very pitiful life. Now it's time for us to live by God-centered life. And we can even say this is everything about our uh, spiritual life. If you are dead, um, all the other issues ha- will not become problematic to you, right? Apostle Paul, he said, bearing the death of Christ, it, it is to, to reveal the life of Jesus Christ through me. So if we die to ourselves, we will be able to um, show and reveal the life of resurrection. And because we fail to solve this problem, solve this issue, that's the reason why we are, keep, we are always being manipulated by the world and the enemies. And keep being concentrated on ourselves and keep being bound. And from now, I believe, I bless that our older generation can um, solve this and uh, let all the blessing only flow through us to the next generation. And last 20 years, especially last three years during COVID situation, God prepared our, our church members many things, nearly everything. And if we see the amount of the message that I have prepared, uh, preached during this COVID um, COVID time, it's, it's just tremendous, right? All the conferences. And God has done many amazing things. And many things, everything is prepared. And everything uh, must be done uh, soon. And we should not think, think to ourselves, um, we, will, we will do this later on. No, we, we cannot do like that. And after, after today, all our life should be um, uh, to, to go to faith. It should go to conclusion of faith. I will not explain everything in chapter 5, but, but let's begin. Verse 1, Moses summoned all Israel and said, Hear Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. Now, 
this this story continues. Um, Moses called all the Israelites, and and in Korean tr- translation it says um, Moses is telling the Israelites in their eyes. And what's the reason why? Um, he wants them to hear and learn, uh, hear the decrees and the laws. And this word uh, Shema in Hebrew it means to listen and to to react and to 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 take an action afterward to what what they hear. And to listen is is Shema and 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 the the verb to do uh, asa it follows afterward. So if you hear, then it is your natural reaction to to obey and follow that that commandment. And if you, it is natural for for children of God that whenever they listen to the word of God, it is natural for them to react and do according to what they have been told. And in uh, in New Testament comes the word ergon, which is to work. But in our life, our life does not um, lays upon our action. But but we can see it is because of the faith that determines the the action. So if your faith is well, then sound and firm, then it will bring the action that comes afterward. This is what we are experiencing right now. So always, always. If you emphasize action without faith, then it will become religion. It will become legalism. So, so if you do not have any faith, you should not take any action. And taking an action without faith, it is it is humanism. It is the 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 faith of people, right? So, so without faith, you should not do anything. That should be the normal um, image of religious life. If someone um, asks you to borrow borrow him some money if you do not have faith then you should not borrow them borrow him money right so if you do not have faith you should not take any action but if you do have faith then without your will or anything without your thoughts your action must follow afterward that's what faith is And God works through me whenever I have faith. So if I have this fullness of God in me, that, that's what matters to me, to us. This is the order of spiritual life. If you listen well, if you hear well, then your action will follow, your faith will follow. But wh- why is learning um, procedure important? Why is this necessary? And in our life, whenever we hear something, there are some aspects in ourselves that hinders from um, fully obeying to him, to the Lord. But um, what we need is to get rid of those those uh, fleshly powers. And those people who do not have any uh, force that hinders this, this action and disobedience in you, then then it is. No need for you to, um, you know, like fast. But only thing you need to do is to follow your faith. So whenever you proclaim, like, um, get well, get healed, then that person will get healed. In in Southern America conference, 
there are, there were many people who who got healed, and I commanded them to jump, and they jumped, and they ran whenever I uh, commanded them to run. Run. And in in Costa Rica conference, um, we had this one um, slogan, uh, the what's it called um, um like one shot. Everything was done only in in one one try. But anyways, the focus is on to listen, to hear, and to obey, to 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 react. So our faith determines all our action that comes afterward. And you guys are witnessing this, right? This is Tabar. To, to say, now verse 2, The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. So if you, if you believe the, the reaction comes afterward, and it should reveal the manifestation of the faith. So it's not because you have prayed that you have been answered, but because you had faith that that um, from that inst that 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 instance God um, answered. So why why are you not being answered in your prayer? Because you are not praying the prayer of faith. So from now, um, I bless you that you will begin this prayer of faith. Whatever that is, God will begin to open all those things to us, right? And I'm expecting from where God will bring this money for our construction. Is God going to um, command the Samsung? Um, group to to bring money to us but um that's that's the characteristic of god's work it's such a nonsense but he will always he always um allows us to experience his work and this this term um to hear and to react it continues in deuteronomy so if you hear the um word well then you will it's natural for you to react and obey All these years, God has answered to our interceding, right? Intercession. Verse 2, um, The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. In verse 3, It made it was not with our ancestors that the Lord made this covenant but with us. And in Mount Sinai, God made a covenant with with the ancestors of the Israelites, but what's the covenant that Moses is talking here? It's he's emphasizing this this characteristics of God who is eternally present. He's not saying um, mm, the the recipient of this covenant is the ones, not the ones who, who made the covenant with God, the the older generation, but the ones who are living right now, who are listening to this sermon. So. The sermon that we are listening right now, and the Bible that has been written few many thousand years ago, um, the recipient of this this message is not the ones who read the Bible back in the days, but the ones who are listening right now. So, 
in our community, it's it's either no, never mind. But because God is always present, that's the reason why He allows us to um receive all the blessings through through His promises. So, as you live with God continuously, the way of your action or way that you speak, um, it will no longer become like talking about your past. There are people like this who want, who likes to boast about his 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 good old days. The ones who are obsessed with his past. What does that mean? That means that you are nothing right now. You keep talking about your good old days, and there are someone who likes to talking about to talk about the future. That means you still have problem in your present. But if you continue to live with God, then your language and your action and the way of your thoughts it will be uh, centered in in the present. Why? Because this present God who is keep approaching to me is keep talking to me that I am being influenced by Him. So our past, our future will no longer be problem problem to us. And this should be um, clear. This should be obvious. So ones who have lots of spiritual hurts and wounds, um, it's their tendency is easy to uh, focus on their past. But what should um, what they should feel and concentrate about is, is the present right now. I'm not saying that we should ignore our past and our future, but, but in the center of our heart, we should keep continue to meet the God who is always present. Am I meeting the God who is always existing in the present? So, if you have any issues of hurt or unbelief, any um, concerns about future, then you should be able to diagnose this. If you have these issues, it is not possible for you to meet God at, at the present. So, Moses is saying that God made a covenant with this new generation. This generation did not made a did not make a covenant with God in Mount Sinai, and the ones who are listening to this sermon right now uh, did not make a covenant. But but if they receive receive and accept this this covenant by faith, then they will become this recipient of covenants. We are not the ones who received salvation 2,000 years ago, but why can we receive this salvation? It's because God transcends from time, and He has made this, this um, event of salvation from the cross. Uh, he made it to be present, and because He is always present, that event of salvation became present to us. This, this is very important, because this is not a theory, but but our, our, our focus of our, our religious life should not be like, oh, I prayed um, many years uh, in the past. That means you are not praying right now. And when you say, I had many, lots of money, I made lots of money um, in the past, that means you are not making lots of money. 
So what we should focus is is present. And if a pastor says, uh, my wife used to be pretty, that means that means your wife is not pretty right now. Anyways, never mind. But So it's the same. If you are keep thinking to back and say, oh, the past was better, that means Proverbs says it's an evil to say that the past was better. God is the one who is keep renewing everything. And how can you, how do you have any moment to talk about the past? You need to meet the God that you are meeting right now. The God who is pouring to me right now. That's what's matter. So Moses is saying that this new generation is children of God and people of God. Verse 4, the Lord spoke to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain. At that time, I stood between the Lord and you to declare to you the word of God, of the Lord, because you were afraid of fire and did not go out to the mountain. And he said, Here, because they were not able to meet God who is fearful, God only was able to um, tell directly to the Moses, to Moses, so that Moses can be uh, a mediator between God and Israelites. And the reason why Moses became a mediator is because Israelites were afraid of God. When we look at the uh, book of Hebrews, what, Jesus became an uh, um, interceder of, intercessor, intercessor of the new covenant between us and God. What does it mean? It means that God guarantees our identity as a new creation and we are the ones who have been um, promised by his new covenant and who are this mediator who is jesus he's the one who guarantees our new covenant and what and us we are the ones who can go directly to the throne of grace through jesus and he guarantees this And this is completely different from Old Testament and New Testament, from Moses to Jesus. Now, the place that we meet the Lord is not Mount Sinai, but the New Jerusalem. We're the ones who can go boldly before the throne of grace. In the book of Deuteronomy, um, the reason why Moses is telling the Israelites that um, God saved you, God brought you out of Egypt. Why is he? Why is he keep telling Israelites like this? Because he, God wants to uh, remind them who they are. And when we say that we are princes, uh, what does that mean? It means. We are the ones who have given this qualification by Jesus Christ who guarantees us to go before the throne of grace. 
and Jesus is um, telling God and asking God to, to receive us. And this is God's righteousness. And because this righteousness is broken, you lost this fear, this worthiness, and this dignity that, that guarantees you to go before the throne of God. And if you sustain this, this uh, status of receiving this worthiness and this identity to go before the throne of God, then you will soon realize what it means to become children of God. And before that, you should always know and be aware that spiritual realm is real. And at, at the time of Deuteronomy, Israelites were the ones who cannot go directly before God. That's the reason why Moses became a mediator between them. But now we are allowed to go before Him because of Jesus and He allowed us so that uh, we can rely on His blood so that we can go directly before God. So how tremendous is this? And this is the identity that has been given to us. So without, without believing this, and just, just telling to ourselves, oh, we are our royal children, then it becomes very um, weird. It becomes very blur and vague to you. And the promise that tell, tells us that no enemy can even touch you because you are the children of God, the reason why you can believe this is because you are meeting the Lord continuously. So, do not consider this matter of identity lightly. reason why Moses keeps emphasize to the Israelites about who they are is, is because it's so important. And because they failed to believe this, they were not able to go into the promised land. And that's the reason why Apostle Paul calls you um, a new creation. Verse 6, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And God just continuously, even he's like, it seems like he's boasting, as if he's just boasting to us. But it's not about, it's not like that. He's keep telling us, reminding the Israelites who they are and myself, my life before knowing Jesus and after knowing Jesus uh, were completely different and the story of Deuteronomy is very real to me and telling them that Jesus, I mean God has brought them out of their slavery. And God telling the Israelites, oh, I have saved you out of your slavery. And, and maybe because you guys lived a life, uh, a worthy life before believing in Jesus. And after believing in Jesus, your life is no different. That's, that's why you are not uh, feeling this very, um, very um, amazing. But 
But the issue of our religious life is, is, is I'm a good man type of person. The one who consider yourself a nice person, you cannot sense or feel and experience this amazement of salvation um, to its very best. It is even better for the ones who lived a very um, pitiful life before believing Jesus to experience this amazement of salvation. And it's all about identity. Israelites, they should not lose this identity throughout all, all this, this uh, life in the wilderness. And Ten Commandments appear. It's such a simple story, right? Can you guys memorize all Ten Commandments? You, um, seminary student, memorize, memorize all Ten Commandments. You, you fail. Let's look at the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. What does this mean? Uh, in chapter 6 verse 4, uh, where, appears, where it says, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. It means He is the only God. Here appears other gods. And it means that uh, there can be no other Elohim uh, that exists before us. So here, in this one verse, uh, it explains to us that we should live only by God. And when they were saved, when Israelites were saved, they received this life came out of the universe. And, and from that time, it is they cannot live I mean they cannot live without that life and it applies to us too whenever we receive the salvation we receive this life and we cannot we should not and we cannot live um, relying on other life than this and in all our characters in all our personalities God is the only God so so we should not consider other things as our Elohim. Difficult, right? It's not about um, considering something as idol, but it's a matter of um, all our beings um, not, not treating others as God. In New Testament, um, it's, it's like a, a prophecy in New Testament of um, telling, emphasizing the, the death of the old self. Let's say uh, a money became, becomes uh, Elohim to you, that, mean, that, that will make the money a person, and it will make an idol become an idol to you, and it will become an Elohim to you. Uh, it applies to human beings or other people or, or anything. So you should not let allow your uh, spiritual personality to consider other things as God. When you say God is the one, He's the only God, 
So, so all our choices should conclude to Him. Whenever we are in a good, good situation, whenever we are in tribulation, only, only choice that we can choose is God Himself. And through that one choice, God will determine our life. So, our life is not like life of Babylon to have uh, stand between before two two different choices and and um, and you know think to ourselves what should I choose what should I choose and all the worries and concerns it's all the matter of uh, a struggle it's the evidence that it's evidence that you fail to obey to the commandment number one, the first commandment. You need to be able to see where does this unbelief comes from. Whenever you have any worries, it means that you allow other gods to exist in you. If you make money, you need to uh, beat other people. It is keep acknowledging other gods. It's not like this is spiritually right, right? You only should be able to live by the only God. When you say, when God commands you to not to be worried, then then you should not worry about any other thing. And there's no other reason why we should uh, worry and concern about other things. The reason why um, it appears in the Bible, do not worry 365 times, is because you you have no uh, no reason to worry about because you are you only consider God as your Elohim. God is the one who takes care of everything in our life, but in other aspects of of my life there's no other reason for no reason for me to have any other things as my uh, elohim and even uh, israelites they call god elohim but they also call baal elohim and they call other authorities elohim so look what does david says he said uh, relying on the lord is my strength it means that David uh, acknowledges and he uh, agrees that God is the only God. So the the, the principles of principle of his existence is that to acknowledge him as the only God. In the life of Babylon, um, because you have been influenced by Babylon, you are keep um, acknowledging other things as, as God. Without even noticing, you are just uh, accepting other things as God. So, so instead of relying on God, you rely on your thoughts, your methods, and what 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 seems good to you. You need to be able to see how many times in your day that you you are making your own idol, and that's the that's why I am keep emphasizing to you that living according to your thoughts is such a dangerous thing. So if you look at this in in theory of God, that's that's how seriously you're committing sin to Him. Here, here, um, God's the reason why it's written in plural is because 
God, God Himself only should be my my power, my channel, and my decision. In this one commandment,、um, it consists all the acknowledgement of God as a King, as my Lord, and acknowledging this is is the focus of the faith. This is existential faith. Without this, it is impossible for you to have faith and live by faith. So, we we should only have God's faith. Whenever、uh, the Bible is saying anything about faith, it means it's faith of God. Because he is the only God, he is my only Elohim. So, acknowledging this is is the focus of our faith. Who is God and who am I? If you do not have relationship between this, it is possible for you to live by faith. It will become so easy. Why? Because because he himself is the only God, and we should not have any any other um. Frustration. We should serve the only God, and He will become our Lord. And there, there is no difficulties in our life. And because、um, you became so,、um, you you got used to having other things as your God so so well. Then that's the reason why you are. Experiencing these difficulties in your life, relying on people, relying on money. This is all procedures of having other gods. So, so when you confess that God Himself is the only Elohim in my life, then you have no, no struggles, no frustrations. From here comes the faith. I expect. Experiencing the the faith, you have this many、uh, mission organizations faith, many like like other 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 faith, right? Whenever you move different to different places, you have different different faith of that organization, different faith of that group. Why? Because you do not understand this core core message. Only thing you should have is that He Himself is my Elohim. So wherever you go, you build everything、um, upon this faith. Second commandment: You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. So idol itself is is making your greed as your idol. Your desire, and Israelites even they they form a golden calf, and they call that God. So it does not matter whether it's a calf, whether it's a bell. If it's beneficial for you, then you 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 just call that God. So image itself、uh, is a definition. Image is definition of your desire. 
And if you consider the money as your everything, then you will pour your desire into that and you will define your, your um, greed in, into that image. So, so if you do not kill, if you do not die to your desire, and it is in inevitable for you to build an image of your own desire. Look at Baal. God is the one who, who, who if, you, if you consider God as a, treat God as a God who should give you only the benefits, then, then you, are, you are making God, uh, you are defining God into your own thoughts. This is image. God is not the one who is uh, locked up in our own thoughts. He is not the one who satisfies our desire. That's the reason. So, so it's, it's so natural. And I said this, in, uh, this, this Sunday, the Bible is not the book that, that tell, uh, describes you about the, the heaven and, and hell. Of course, it is describing what it is, but it's not, the emphasis is not on, on that, but the emphasis is the glory of God. So, so the second commandment in New Testament is, is like a prophecy of, of um, breaking and destroying all self-centeredness. So if we do not kill our self-centered uh, tendency, then we, it is inevitable for us to build whatever image that we, we think or uh, we consider as gods. What's the reason why you do not show any power and authority of God through you? Because you build God um, according to your own needs. And even, even if God does not answer, um, you should still be able to confess that He is the only God. This should be a natural image of God who lives according to God. So, because He gives me something, because He satisfies me, that's not, because, that's not the reason why we call Him God, but because He shows His glory to His children. And whenever we receive salvation, in some way we have seen His glory and we have received His glory, right? So, so the ones who surely have His glory in, in you, living by Him and living with Him is, is so natural. And because He met us, because He, he allowed us to live like that, that's the reason why we are, are the Israelites. And so the Bible is the book uh, that describes about, about the people who should live that gloriously. And because He made us His dwelling place, that's the reason why we can live like that. So this identity is this important. I am Israelite. I met God like that and He indwells in me. So, Verse 8, um, do not make informed anything. It means that, it means that do not, 
consider any desire in you, whatever images has, do not call it, consider it as God. So do not define your desire. And do not make God as God who satisfies your desire. Who is our God? He is He is glory. He is holy. You should be able to confess like this. He is holy. He is glory. Verse 9, you shall not bow down to them or worship them. It means, conversely, it means whenever we build an idol and whenever we form an image of our desire, it is inevitable for us to go before that and bow down before that and worship that. This is an order. So whenever it becomes, whenever the desire becomes your your idol, we naturally goes before that and serve that. That's the reason why these days people go before money and go before their cell phones and bow down before that. It's the all order. If you take away the cell phones from from the children this generation, they they say that oh I cannot live I can't live. It means that they have became already this relationship of serving them. Verse 9, um, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. A jealous it means Hebrew, in Hebrew word is kanna, which means to, to be jealous about. And we are the ones who receive this name of holy. And the characteristic of holiness can be only um, given to the the Lord, it, should, it cannot even give, be given to the angels, but, but, it, but God gave us this characteristic of holiness, right? So we should put all our life to secure this. And even Jesus, and even Jesus, the reason why he was able to live um, as a son of God is because he relied on this Holy Spirit. So glory of the church lays on, does not lays on the number or the size, but but it lays on the mat, uh, the the um, the holiness. Who is more holy? And God is the one who fulfills His holiness, and because He gave us His holiness, He He fulfills it too. And what's the 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 pinnacle of his love is to secure his holiness to his beloved children. So, so whenever Israelites lose the holiness, what does God do? He will take away the life of the Israelites. He does not leave them in the world to, to live luxuriously and live according to what they want. No, it's even more glorious for God to take, take away their lives. And in terms of eternity, God is keep ruling us. And the human beings can only live like 100 years, 120 years. And God is not, the God, not, not a God who, not the God who um, just lets us commit all the sins every day and live well on this, on this life. And if you live, if you're living well, uh, while committing sin like every single moment, it's such a tragedy. 
an inner church. He did not leave anyone to just live well in the world who comes to our church. And he surely has this, this, uh, this standard of holiness. And now because God uh, gave us this holiness, it is time for us to um, uh, receive money that that God gives, right? And nearly uh, all, all our church members are the ones who, who can talk about this, this glory with me. Whenever like, I tell you to bring everything that you have, um, it's easy for you to just say amen, right? Because you don't have anything. A jealous God. So in, in the perspective of the flesh, uh, being jealous is such a fearful thing, right? God being jealous. But, but if you look at it spiritually, and you should be able to feel this amazement. see lots of grace I pray to God and ask him oh Lord secure my my prayer secure my prayer I have no ability to secure this <laughs> and whenever uh, Peter confessed before Jesus um, he, he he was too proud and he should have prayed before confessed before Jesus Lord, secure my prayer because I don't have any ability. But God is the one who secures our dignity because we are Israelites. Um, and verse 9, later, later part of verse 9, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation for, of those who hate me. So, so we are seeing this right now, right? Uh, having the shaman in your in your family line, um, you are seeing this influence of that that for for three to four generations, right? And because this spirit is keep flowing in the family line, that's the reason why you cannot help but being influenced by by that spiritual influence. And um, even the uh, influence of a uh, pastor, it continues to three to four generations. And anyways, let's move on. 
So if you expand this verse 9, it means that if you commit any sin, uh, that sin will have an influence too. Especially it is describing about idolatry here. And let's say if you have uh, any sins of unbelief, then that sin will have influence for four to three to four generations if you do not um, get rid of that. In in Tindinan Church, um, there there was this one person who had a grandfather who used to work as a social. Um, what's it called? Uh, the, he used to go around and kill the other other uh, political party, and and we have seen the the misery of the family but anyways uh, verse 10 of showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments and practically we have seen through many families of like Jonathan Edwards and, and you brothers through you your son and your grand grandson should be able to confess that oh because of my grandfather our family uh, was blessed is blessed and because of my grand grandfather great grandfather um, my family became um, this well my family is blessed like this so if you look at uh, if you look at it closely uh, my my faith uh, will form and build this family uh, gloriously. So you should um, be able to see what what kind of things that you are flowing to your family. So brother, um, what kind of thing that you are you are flowing to your family? Glory, right? You should be able to answer me, glory. So, unbelievers, if you if they do not believe, just they die, right? But, but the glorious children of God, um, at least your your wickedness, you should be able to cut this in your within your generation, so that it will not continue to flow in in your children's generation. And even our our um, our church children, they are different from the children in the generation in the world. Right? Third commandment: You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guilt guiltlessly who misuses His name. So do not call His name um, voidly. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless. It means that the ones who call who, who misuse his name is guilty. During that time, people use the name of God as a magical um, spell, something like that. And the ones who are offering cannot be, will not be separated from the offering itself. And just like that, the ones who call God's name and use God's name uh, should not, will not be separated from from his his proclamation itself so 
so you should be, you should have the the um, devotion, the faith to to use that name. So you should not um, consider that worthiness lightly. In His name, we are doing everything, right? The fourth commandment: observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The fourth commandment is about Sabbath. And keep it holy. So, and according to God's will, if we observe Sabbath well, we can raise our holiness. So, that's the reason why I'm keep emphasizing to you: do not consider the worship lightly. And Sabbath rest is not the meaning, it does not have meaning of stopping, but it has resting, the meaning of resting. The matter, the emphasis is not on stopping, but it's, it lays on uh, being refilled. So look, in our church, we have two days of worship of Saturday and Sunday. So that's the reason why you guys are confused, but you should not be. To us, our Sabbath is Sunday, so, so, just just uh, going around to anywhere you want, hanging around and just buying whatever you want to buy on Sunday. It's it's it's. Do not take that issue lightly. Whenever you uh, go out and eat, uh, you are making that person who serves you the food to commit sin. The reason why we are having the Saturday worship too is because we want to um, restore the Sabbath um, in the future. But, but right now, um, our Sabbath is Sunday, so do not consider that lightly. So on Sunday, you should be able to just worship um, and be restored um, and and um, have communication with your your fellow fellow church members and in the world there are some churches who have early morning uh, church service and they go out to play golf and they go out fishing it should not be like that and it's all about resting you should have rest spiritually verse 13 six days you shall labor and do all your work here do all your work it means it means uh, be diligent in all your work by the power of God and relying on Him. 14. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals. Uh, nor any foreigner residing in your town so that your male or female servants may rest as you do. So everyone who resides within your, your boundaries should rest. Whenever God rests, verse 15, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you, brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Now our identity changed. We are no longer the servants, right? We are, we are our real children. That's the reason why we should rest. 
if you do not um, obey the Sabbath, if you do not keep the Sabbath, it means that you are still a servant. If you live by Babylon, you should just uh, strive to to work hard, right? But we should not be like that because we are we have different identity now. We are children of God. Sixteen. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land, land the Lord your God is giving you. And to the Israelites, the parents are the uh, representative of God. And even if you... If you um, if you damage your father's fame, then you are to be stoned even. So it's all about the order, about God's rule. So God wants to tell the Israelites to acknowledge His, his rule and His order. It's all about His order. So acknowledging um, parents' parents' dignity. And you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. And you shall not steal. You shall not give false testimonies. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. All these, these are the evidence of um, ignoring God's, God's dignity and God's order. And what's the characteristic of this generation? Um, having the order having a, a chaotic order. So Ten Commandments ends here. So look. Verse 22. These are the commandments the Lord proclaimed in a loud voice to your whole assembly there on the mountain from out of the fire, the cloud and the deep darkness. And he added nothing more than he wrote them on two stone tablets and gave them to me. Um, and until 24 it continues and Israelites were, are, are saying and Moses emphasized that this fearful God made a covenant with you and you became his people so, so do obey to his commandments and 25 but now why should we die? This great fire will consume us and we will die if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer. For what mortal has ever heard the voice of the living God speaking out of fire as we have and survived? Go near and listen to all what the Lord that the Lord our God says. Then tell us whatever the Lord our God tells you, we will listen and obey. During that time, the Israelites were not able to go before God and confront him, but but Moses keep emphasized to the Israelites, do not forget who he is. He is a fearful God. It means keep having in your mind that he is a fearful God. It means it applies to us that we should continue to meet him every day. In verse 29, oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commands always so that it might go well with them and their children forever. So always um, being reminded that who he is and having, having um, this wonder toward him will, will lead them to have blessing. And this, this, this message continues um, numerous times in, in Deuteronomy. Do not forget who he is. Do not forget how fearful he is, he is and worship him. This continues. 
And here, here determines all the blessings and curses of Israelites. And us, it's the same. To us, it's the same. Whenever we meet God, uh, what determines our blessings and curse is, is, is getting rid of our worldly tendency and being the people who can receive God's uh, commandments by faith, it will determine our, our blessing and our curse. Of course, it is impossible to define a person's life, but in a big scale, big, big picture, God would never curse a person who is set in faith, by faith, who is always obedient before the Lord. God never allows him to live in his curse. So, so you should have this faith to receive God's commandment as His blessing. Verse 32, So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will process. So, keep being obedient before Him, then you will live. This is such a simple, simple and easy commandment, but, but in all our, all our days, this is the only way for us to be blessed by Him, to uh, obey to His commandment. Whenever we obey to His command, all His commandments, nothing, nothing else will be our pro problem. So, so our, our spirituality is all about um, getting rid of all the things, all the hindrance in, in, in us that um, hinders us from obeying to Him. Chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 1. These are the commands. So look, until chapter 5, until chapter 5, this God's commandment should be simple. You should hear this and you should obey to it. This is simple. And especially as a new creation in a New Testament era, you should be a spirit who should not um, hinders him whether it's um, deceit, whether it's your strong fleshly desire, whether it's your, your worthiness, you should get rid of all these. You should keep fighting this battle. And if you have been fighting this battle diligently, then, then you, are, it is, you should be able to um, experience this glory. And this should be the spiritual status that you should face right now. And whenever these are being unraveled to you, um, uh, power and a manifestation of the word being manifested through you is a natural thing. And your spiritual status should be, should be like uh, listening to His commandments and being able to obey to Him. 
verse 1, chapter 6, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to, pro- to possess. These are the laws that they should obey in order for them to go into the land of Canaan and to possess them. And in this land, uh, we are to live according to His commandments. And it is always true that we are the ones who should obey to His commandments. Nothing uh, of God that does not have the characteristics of eternity. Okay, let's say the money. Does it have the characteristic of eternity? No, but when it, whenever it's given to God, it has the characteristic of eternity. And whenever it's given to the Lord, the reward of Him, reward of God, has the characteristic of eternity. That's the reason why we are calling it eternal. So let's say cell phone. Is it, is it eternal? No. So do not put your effort or your power on it. Do not ever deal with anything that is not eternal. Verse 2, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all His decrees and commands that I give you. This continues. Keep, um, obey to the commandment. Keep fear the Lord. And this is the commandments of Deuteronomy. Listen and obey. First, you should open your ears so that you can listen and hear. And then when you have faith, the the action action will come naturally. If you believe, your action will follow after. Book of Romans and Jacob are never be separated. Three, hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. And the fundamentals of the spirituality is to hear His voice and to go into the land of promise and be glorious. And that's God's will, right? God's will is not upon making you go into the wilderness and wandering around for 40 years. But what God wants you to experience is to um, experience this, this life circulating relationship and experience His glory. So, whenever, whether you have tribulation or suffering or not, uh, you will experience this season that it will no longer become a problem to you whenever you, you um, hear God's voice and obey to Him. And this, is, this season has characteristics like this. If you do not have faith, you cannot live and you cannot rely on to whatever you have. So, if you live by God, if you live by God, you should always experience that your uh, fleshly life will no longer become issue to you. And you have witnessed many people in Yeobang Church, right? Um, even though if, if you do not make any money, God um, takes care of you and He will be responsible for you. So what's the matter? What's the matter is that you, it's not about you don't have money, but it's all about you don't have faith. So if you have a strong unbelief, your survival instinct will grow. You should be able to acknowledge that survival instinct itself is an evil. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one.
Let's go into a, a, a important um, message. Verse 4. So, you shall not have any other gods before me, pure tantamens, right? If you look at in, in um, Hebrews, in Hebrews it says, um, uh, Adonai, 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 which means, um, uh, Yahweh is our God. Yahweh is one. Can you... Do you think that um, it is possible for you to say that Echad is also God's name? Because uh, Adonai Echad. But uh, you can say it's characteristic of God. He is one. What does that mean? That is that... It means that and all creation on this earth must live by God. He should be the only um, only thing that, that we should rely on. And Adam in Garden of Eden, all he had to do is to walk with God. So the tragedy of our life, tragedy of unbelief is not acknowledging God as your only um, reliance. So, so, even though you're calling God as your God, but if you're relying on to yourself and if you live according to yourself, then, then it means that you should have relationship with other things in this world too. But because He is the one, fundamentally, we are confessing that we are the ones who should not have any relationship with anything in Babylon. So people in Babylon, they are the ones who, who need to live by many other gods because, because whenever they, they need money, they have relationship with greed, whenever they meet people, they have immorality. So they cannot help themselves but to but be attached with other, other gods too. And what's the issue of Israelites? Because God is the only God, but if they um, if they ignore that He is the only God, they they fall into syncretism. They say, "Well, of course, I acknowledge that Yahweh is God, but I need this too, and I need that too." So whether it's um, pantheism, whether it's um, syncretism, it means it they all lead to leads you to, to ruin. So Israelites must be separated by, from Babylon. And by this separ separation, God, God builds His authority and His, I mean, His, um, His word. So as, as long as you are being mixed with the world, you cannot show your dignity as Israelites. Through Him, 
Israelites must live only through him, whether you do a business, whether you are studying, whether you are raising your children. In all things, it is possible only through God. In, in the New Testament's perspective, who is our, our Lord? He is royal priest, royal son. He's the only one who has this true occupation. So we should always uh, put all our life to Him. And this triumph God. And, and meeting Jesus. By meeting Jesus, we are entering, we are uh, joining, participating into this triumph God relationship. And even Jesus, He's the only one. And, and the God that we meet through that Jesus is the only God. So... We, we are created that created that we cannot live um, in our life without uh, having a relationship between the only God. So it should be impossible for us to live uh, by anything else but God. So look back into the, into your days of, of salvation. Uh, think that were you able to live by anything else but God? It was impossible for you to live by anything else but God, right? For my case, over, over one year, it was not possible for me to leave my house if God's presence was not with me. Does it mean I have um, put my effort for one year? No. And you guys know that how, um, how much I loved the world before I met the Lord, right? But if you look back in the time of your salvation, you should be able to um, agree to me and confess, Oh, without God, I could not do anything else. Without Him, it was impossible for me that I, I had this time, time that I was not able to do anything else but um, relying on Him. If you do not have that experience, this, this only God becomes a theory, only becomes a theory. So here, the only God is not a matter of theory. He is the one. Without Him, not through Him, I was not able to do anything. And if there's anything that you can do in your life that you are not relying on God, that means you have been corrupted or you have any, you have this issue of salvation in your life. If you're like, oh, I'm comfortable not relying on Him, that means that either you are not, not saved or you have been corrupted. If you are not saved, you should receive salvation as soon as possible. And if you are corrupted, then you should return as soon as possible. Whenever we say He is the only God, and when we say He is the only God, it does not mean that we should put our effort and say, oh, He is the best, He... But instead, but it is about living in the relationship of this holy God. 
And when God said He is holy and He has put His name in us, it means that He has put His holiness in, in me. And because I am His temple, and because He has put His holiness in me, that's the reason all, why all these dirty things in me uh, just uh, flew out from me. And those who are saved have this ex experience of Him coming in me and not being able to do anything else but relying on Him. To Israelites, outside of relying on God, it is impossible for them to do anything. And the focus of all the commandments, it is, it is the greatest frame that telling them, uh, without God, you cannot do anything else. Israelites, uh, you should not do anything that I don't like. But look at the people in this generation. Whether it's um, whether God wants it or not, they they just do it right in the church. Even in the church, are they corrupted or have they mixed anything to the commandments? Whenever God comes into you, whenever they met Israelites in Mount Sinai, Israelites are the ones who, who cannot do anything by what they have. Whenever God's glory comes into children of God, children of God, children of God are the beings who cannot do anything without God's glory. This is characteristic of the life who has been saved. So God is the... He is the only God. That's the characteristic of Him. I'm not just telling you the theory. So among you guys, if you have received salvation, you understand so well what, the, what this is. Without Him, I cannot do anything else, right? I cannot go to the workplace. I cannot do... I am realizing, oh, I am the one who can only do everything by Him. So, among you guys, if you say, um, I have never thought in my life that I cannot live without God and I just live my life well, that means that you have not been saved. It's a clear evidence that you are not being saved. Coming, going to church does not guarantee you the salvation. It does not mean that you are sitting here that you are being saved. And Elbang Church shows many evidence of salvation. But, but if you are truly being saved, it is, it is not possible for you to not pray for like months. Is it possible for the ones who are being saved to watch TVs and dramas for for like days and days? Is it possible for the ones who have salvation to hate one another and just living that relationship for many years? It's impossible, right? If you're being saved, if you have uh, just a little conflict in your relationship, it is you. Sh you just you can't help yourself but to go to the person and solve that issue, solve the conflict. When God's life comes in me, just like description of Paul, 
being a new creation, um, you you will easily understand what it means to be a new creation. So, with with within this one verse, within this one phrase. Uh, we understand that we are the ones who must be separated from the world. In the world, um, if Israelites live like that, you you just keep um, stack your possessions. But through Jesus and through God, we built this relationship that. God is one. So what's the the what's the um, core message of um, sanctification and glorification? That that means we should be the become the ones who can love only God. Uh, verse five: Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And because He is the only God, what should we do? We should love the Lord. It means that we can love love God only. We cannot love anything else. We we have spouses. We have children, right? But but whether it's your spouse, whether with it's your children, um, it's a lie that you can love that that person. If you do not have if you do not have this loving relationship with God, it is, it is impossible for you to love other people. Even, even the, even your wife, even your spouse. Um, I, it's been thirty years since I married, but we are still loving each other. Um, um, why is it possible? It's, it's not because we love each other um, sincerely, but because God, God uh, is between our relationship. So, when when we believe He is the one God, then then it is inevitable for us to um, love Him. It is it is only possible for us to love Him. Your heart and your soul and your strength. Um, this all it all means with all your characters, with all your personalities. The same as do not have any other gods. Listen well. I'm not talking about your effort or any any manifestation. If you if you receive this by faith and if you receive this salvation, it means that you can live like that. What's the reason that? What's the reason why you cannot live like that? It's because you have these bindings of the spirit. But whenever, whenever Adam, just like Adam who has been um, created by God, only thing that we need to do is to walk with him. We cannot, we cannot fulfill anything by our effort. Um, with all your strength, it means uh, to your, to your, to your best. You can, if you meet him, then if you meet him, you will experience so well that um, the only thing that we should put our effort is to love him. And it is so natural whenever we experience him coming into us. Loving him only. So, how should Israelites live? Verse six: 
these commandments that I give you today are to be on your heart. It is the same description of this new covenant relationship. I reside in you and you reside in me. It's not like just memorize the commandments, but, but you should have these, these um, commandments embodied in you. Verse 7, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them, bind them on your foreheads. And here, um, the word impress them and talk about them, it's one word, dabar, to tell them. And they do not have any other option but to live and be soaked by His word. And the Israelites, all they can do is to live by the only God. And if they love Him with all their personalities, it is so natural for them to... Uh, be soaked with, by the word of God and by his commandments. It is impossible for them to live without his commandments. So this is so natural. Verse 8, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. And you have seen this, and Israelites are still living like this, right? They have these things that tie them. And verse 9, write them on door frames of your houses and on your gates. And even us, we are the ones who have His Word within us, so we cannot be separated from His Word. So within us, this, this Word continues to uh, live as a life. Especially me, as a pastor, I always experience that these, these um, powerhouses keep running in me. Even when, I'm, when, I'm, when I dream during my, during my sleep, I sometimes dream about dream myself preaching. So look, so this Israelite's life with this one God is only, um, only has one image. So we should only um, allow Him to lead, lead my life. And those ones who love God are the ones who are being soaked by His Word. That's why memorizing the Word is so important. And that's the reason why I um, make the, the, the newcomers to memorize the word. Whenever I wake up in the morning, I read the Proverbs. I always um, read all the, uh, the, the Bibles that I am to preach on that, that weekend. And sometimes, whenever it's First John, whenever it's Second Peter, it all it just um, suddenly just comes up within me because I'm the the being of the new New Testament, New Covenant. And from verse ten um, comes the appears the caution about about disobedience and unbelief. But there are um, nothing super important. But but anyway, let's begin to look from verse ten. He's talking about the new generation. Moses is talking about the new generation. And he's telling the new generation, but if you, if you do not obey to his commandment, what happens? And let's look at verse 16. Do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. So whenever Israelites had um, disobedience and unbelief, uh, they tend to test God. 
Is it natural for students to test the teachers? No. So whenever you fall into unbelief, you, you tend to test God. And you pray God, pray to God, testing God and, and telling to yourself, let's see whether God will uh, react to this or not, whether He will respond to this or not. If you have unbelief, you tend to test Him. Let's see whether He will bless me or not. Whether, let's see whether He will give me trillion dollars or not. It's a fearful thing. If you have an unbelief, you should be able to see yourself, you are keep testing Him. Let's see whether this will become real or not. Let's see whether you will bless my children or not. And prayer of faith, it will never bring you any doubts. It's not about whether He will give or not. If you do not doubt, it will be done. This is God's faith, right? Mark, Mark chapter 12. If you tell the mountain to be thrown to the sea, and if you do not um, have doubt about it, and it will be done. And if you have doubts, it means that you are testing God. And during the healing ministry, you should be able to proclaim without any, any doubts. If you have any doubts, um, oh, will, he, will He do, will He heal, then it's, it's no good. You should not test Him. And He's keep telling the Israelites to, to be obedient. obedient. Let's go to chapter 7. Chapter 7 is about um, obedience and disobedience. Verse 1, chapter 7, When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are entering to possess and drives out before you many nations, the Hittites, uh, Gergeshites, um, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites, seven nations larger and stronger than you. Even entering into the land of promise, the Israelites cannot do, do this by their, their strength. Why? Because they had this greater power at that time. They were this great nation. So just going into the land of promise requires Israelites of their faith. Putting faith to God that oh He will do any, any, everything for us. He will fight for us. He will strengthen us. So to us it's the same. When we live in our life, when we live our life, if we do not have faith to overcome Babylon, we cannot live in this world, right? And you, you cannot live in this world striving um, so hard to, to survive. It is impossible, but if you have faith, then, then you can live in this world. Within this strong uh, flow and stream of Babylon, if we do not have faith, we cannot live. 
But what's, what matters is, is verse 2, and when the Lord your God has delivered them over to you and you have defeated them, then you must destroy them totally. And destroying them is so important. Now, because, because they need to enter into the land of promise, in order to do that, you need to destroy all that is existing in, in, in them. They should not leave anything behind. This is Sabbath. In book of Judges, whenever Israelites uh, disobeyed to the Lord and left all the other nations, um, some people, they will become thorns to them and they will keep becoming um, difficulties to you. It will become um, characteristics that devours you. So you need to destroy them, you need to annihilate them. So whenever I began my spirituality, I never, I never um, left anything behind. I never left anything behind. Whether it's uh, lying, I um, just I look back in the days how many times I lied during the days. Um, I fasted uh, about talking. Why? Because I, without annihilating them. I cannot, I cannot um, experience Sabbath. I mean, it is a nonsense that you do not know what kind of weakness you have. What kind of weakness in me made me, me say like that, do like that? You should be able to diagnose this. If you don't know this yet, then you should be able to know this. And if you know this, then you should be able to destroy them. Make every effort to go into the rest, Sabbath rest, whether it's a fasting, whether it's just shouting out loud continuously, whether it's putting these, these, um, this mouth um, um, thing on your mouth. But anyways, um, verse 2, do not make, uh, verse 3, do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons and take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your children away from following me to serve other gods, and the Lord's anger will burn against you and will quickly destroy you. So do not have life relationship between them. This, this reappears in 2 Corinthians. Paul says, do not have relationship with unbelievers. You should not have a life relationship between the world. Whenever God wants, you should be able to destroy them. You should be able to just uh, let them go immediately. Children of God are the beings who should have this authority before the world. If you believe the only God, then it is easy. It is possible. There's no need for you to have relationship, having damage in your, on your spirit and still live in this world. There's no need for you to connect your life to the world. If you do not have a relationship, I mean faith, to the only God, then it will sound difficult to you. And because, because they believed uh, the only God, these young adults, whenever I told them to quit your job and come to the conference, they were able to obey to them. So it is all connected to the first, first, 
first uh, commandments because because you believe in the only God. So if you if you succeed to to believe that, that then you will begin to um, live gloriously like that. And let's um, move on. And verse six. For you are people holy to the Lord your God. We are not only holy people, but we are holy temple, and we are His dwelling place. That's the reason why we cannot be separated from this life relationship between Him. And the Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be His people and His treasured possession. Because we are His people, He should take responsibility uh, of us. And if you believe the only God, you should have this faith that, oh, God will take care of me. The world will not take care of me. Do you believe this? Verse 7, The Lord did not set His affection on you and choose you because you are more numerous than other people, but for you are the fewest of all people. And because we are the little ones, that's the reason why God chose us. We are the ones who can only rely on Him. In the book of Micah appears the definition of the remnants. The ones who cannot live without relying on God. So our condition of victory is not upon what we have and what we know and what we, um, what we do. But the condition of our victory is whether we are relying on God or not. So the experience that you have, the possession that you have, whether if, if that becomes um, your reliance, then it will become the condition of your defeat. So this life, uh, having, having your possession to be a reliance uh, will make your life go into a defeat. So your thoughts must go away from, uh, live from how, how can I live more prosperously? How should I live more powerfully? You should, you should let go of that kind of thoughts. You should begin. You should begin to think, uh, where is the place that God wants me to go? What God? What does God wants me to think? You should have this direction set toward God. But if you are being soaked by the influence of Babylon, you continue to think, how can I live my life? How should I live? How can I sustain my life in this world? So your mindset, your thoughts, if you have this mindset soaked in Babylon, then, then, then you should be able to turn quickly to God. Oh, what does God wants me to think? What does God wants me to experience? You should have your mindset concentrated on Him, centered on Him. Then you will begin to uh, be able to pray to Him. That kind of people who cannot rely on God, whether whether they whether they pray, um, all we can hear from that that people's prayer is 
is their idol, their dravim, their household gods. Their prayer toward their household gods. So, so your mindset should set set on the only God. Even your thoughts, even your plans, all your methods in your life should go through Him. And it's all connected to God is the one. In Romans 5.8, uh, your, your thoughts of your flesh will, will, became, become, will become the enemy of God. In the matter of your children, um, your, your worries and your concern, how should I make this, make this child um, go to a nice college? No, you should turn your mindset. How should I raise this, this child into a child of God? And all your standards are so self-centered and so concentrated on Babylon. Even though you're saying you're talking about faith, you just uh, you just calculate all, all the condition. <coughs> you should get rid of your thoughts. Verse 8 But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath He swore to your ancestors that He brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt and He is keep reminding them who they are I have saved you I have saved you from your slavery so you should have this identity Verse 9 Know therefore that the Lord your God is God He is the faithful God keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love Him and keep His commandments same story over and over again, right? <sighs> Telling the Israelites who they are. And it's all over. And um, let's move to um, verse 16. Verse 16. You must destroy all the peoples the Lord your God gives over to you. Do not look on them with pity and do not serve their gods for that for that will be a snare to you. So destroy here does not only appear in Deuteronomy, but it, it continues to appear in the book of Judges and all the other books in Old Testament. From Old Testament to New Testament, the only focus to children of God is to become pure and blameless, holy and blameless. This is a fearful thing, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. The focus is clear, it's only one to destroy the enemy, rest, glory. Do not leave anything behind and get rid of them. God is talking about glory. It's, I mean, the Bible is talking about glory. It's not talking about um, heaven and hell. And for, for the result of His grace, He's promising the Israelites, I, will, I have made you gloriously. I have made you holy. So destroy, destroy. And, and this 
these pitiful people, Israelites, it is impossible for, for the Israelites to, dis, uh, to defeat the other nations in Canaan, but God is even telling them to, to just annihilate them. So, so what's the focus here? He's, he's uh, telling the Israelites to rely on Him. And that only God indwells in us right now. So we should keep confirm this. He is indwelling in us and He is the only God. So our training of our life is nothing else. But, but we should always um, put our direction toward Him. We should set our thoughts on Him, not on what should I eat and what should I, what should I drink. How should I live a more prosperous life? How should I possess more? And it is so clear that that kind of people cannot pray. And even if they say they are praying, it's only the action of religion. And because they are soaked, soaked to all the pleasure of the world, it is so natural, so um, clear that they cannot pray. And I always tell you, brothers who are working, even though you are working in your workplace, you should always desire for God's presence. Do not fall into your, your work, but keep ask for His presence and keep think and work uh, within His presence. That's possible. And if you have been saved, you understand what, the, what that means. In the book of Nehemiah, um, Nehemiah, uh, in a um, very urgent situation of king calling him, he was able to turn his face away from the king and, and pray to God. So condition is not the issue. So, so verse 17, you may say to yourselves, these nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? But do not be afraid of them. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. So do not forget how great God is. Hmm. So let's continue tomorrow from chapter 8. Let's pray.